welcome to Faith Over Breakfast on a semi-cloudy Tuesday morning in Tucson, Arizona, up in the loft of Exo Coffee, our friends who make delicious food. Um, I'm here with my buddy Eric from The Village. Hello. Hey. And uh, we are going to talk to you about, we're, get, we're going to get into some education, we're going to get into schools, we're going to get into... Uh, if you really hang with us, um, meetings, meetings, <laughs> the, which believe me, it's the best part. It's the best Wait part. for it. Wait it's for so it. good. So, uh, drones, drones. Yeah. Come up. Um, and even guess who sneaks in for a little moment? Santa Claus, Santa Claus. And even Hillsong sneaks yeah. in there once again. Make it just, we're going to keep every. talking about Hillsong. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. And, uh, what was I? I thought I wanted. I wanted to say something in mean, this intro about this great podcast, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, I know what it was. Uh-huh. You're running for office. Uh, no. Oh, but you might. Yeah. Yeah. Wait for it on the podcast. And uh, and I'm and I'm writing a book, and I'm uh, by the time you hear this, my fundraiser will be over. So Sweet. Thanks for listening, and uh, enjoy the podcast. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast with Andy and Eric. Some of you know we're pastors, some of you don't. You guess what church, village, mission, mission village. It doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it doesn't this, matter. You, you sound uh, malnutritioned. Uh, malnutritioned? No, actually I'm doing pretty good. Nutrition-wise, up until today. Up until today, okay. And who knows if I am even going to hold on to it eating some special diet, but for the moment. So you're resetting your system. So I, I'm always, you know, it's faith over breakfast, and I'm always eating breakfast, and Eric always isn't. But he at least has a drink. Today, water. There's nothing. There's I've got, nada. I've got a unique breakfast bowl that just showed up in front of me. It's extremely that, that looks colorful. good. So let's talk about that. It's got an egg. Are those, like, some kind of pickled radishes on the top? Are those radishes. onions? Uh, uh, those I think are... you should take a picture of that. Yeah, there's beets. Faith over breakfast. You know what? You know what's great is I don't like... Um, I don't like when people post food pictures. Oh, I think it's dumb. But this is this is faith over here. You're you're getting me taking a picture of my food, which I don't believe in. Um, and I'm getting a picture. Oh look! Oh look! We're photographing, and I have my phone on not silent, which is rare. And Brian seems to be chiming in on all this. The train's going by. Oh, hey, Brian! What an intro! Welcome. What an intro. What an intro. It's like fireworks just yeah, went off. Yeah, fireworks went off, and I think we got a lot to talk about. Apparently so. We do. I um, just I just missed a meeting. You missed a meeting, and you were late to this meeting. And I was late to this. Um, uh, and I'm not even having a bad week. You're not having a bad week. No, of I'm course, it's just started. This is, this is only Tuesday. We're at the top of XO in the loft. And I'm, and I'm blowing everything so far yeah. today. You are. Hey, I'm not I listened to by, last not living week's by my podcast, own values. and it was good. So it was good. Yeah, I liked it. Sweet, it was fun to listen to. Of course, I listen to all podcasts at one and a half speed, and Just so they're faster. I don't even know how to I do can that. get through them quicker. And uh, yeah, so here's the thing I want to talk about before we get into whatever we're going to talk about on uh-huh. this podcast is 
It's not that we want you to rate our podcast on Facebook. No, it's what not. What we that. want you to do is if you go to the podcasting app and listen to this, either on Google Play or the podcast app on iPhone, you can scroll down to the bottom and you can five star it. Now, the or four star it. The important part of it is, or one star, or one star it, is that it gets rated because then that helps us on the search engines and it helps um, us keep in circulation and all that kind of stuff. So, okay, give us give us some stars. It is two pastors hanging out, chatting, that yeah. kind of thing. We're I mean, having that's a good time. It is interesting. I'm interesting. You are interesting. Most of the you time, I'm a fascinating man. You really are. <laughs> yeah, that's what keeps me coming back. Yeah, that's what it's, I figured. Still trying to figure figure out Eric Stephen. Yeah. So anyway, and I have a feeling that that's my goal. This podcast will go on forever. This podcast could go on forever. Yeah. We have a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on. There's the Red for Ed stuff. Uh, I feel like we didn't touch on everything about change. I was thinking. It'd be, uh, you know, we could talk about, I've been thinking about parenting a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. We got a lot of topics to talk about. We promised not to talk about Hillsong at all. Oh, we in did. any way. That's right. Just mm-hmm. for this podcast. You just talked about them, man. That's right. We will mention them in every podcast so we can hashtag them and get more listens. A friend of mine is a DJ at a small group of theirs. I, I hear it. He, their small groups have DJs? <laughs> I just wanted to get your reaction. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Oh, that's pretty interesting. I, I Eric, just, I don't know anything. This is probably all rumor and it's probably all I, false. Yeah, well, you know. Maybe I'll become a Hillsong pastor. I need to wear skinny jeans, though, and I can't do that. So I'm going to move on. You could do that. Um, so, how's your life outside of missing appointments? Man, I can't believe I missed an appointment. Um, you know what it was? Do you ever go into autopilot when you're driving? Yes, and you all just the time. drive right where you normally would go, even though you're supposed to go somewhere else. Yes, that was me this morning. It was Tuesday. I meet with you, mythically, mythically, uh-huh. and um, and I normally would play basketball with my buddy Mike. Right. Well, Mike hurt his ankle, so I scheduled something else. Oh. But when I woke up this morning, I was like, oh, yeah, Mike's, Mike hurt his ankle. And that whole I scheduled something else thing did not, didn't click. It didn't have, it was in my calendar. I'm, I don't know, man. It's, I just. Sometimes calendars aren't really that good, are they? No, and if I you wasn't. Don't look at them. And I wasn't really engaging with my phone because ah. I didn't want to. You didn't want to touch it. Uh-uh. It controls your life. It, it can. It drives you. And, um. Apparently, I need something controlling my life because I missed my stinking appointment. It happens. Yeah, I know. And then you feel that yicky uh-huh. thing in your stomach, and like, oh no! For the first time in my life, somebody found out I'm really not that on top of things. Yeah, this is the first. Not, this is the not first, the first time. time. No, <laughs> somebody no, not at all, man. I'm. No, I'm not on top of things. I need help with that. We've talked about this before. Like needing administrative help. Control. Yes. <laughs> I was talking to uh, a lawyer in our church 
uh, last night. Um, she got a new job, so we were celebrating her like first yeah. day at work. And I mean, she's got a scheduler, like her job, like she she the schedule, like the administrative scheduler schedules all her appointments, schedules her trips to yeah. conferences, gets her plane flights for her. I'm like, this is what I need. I need some. I need a scheduler. I need someone to tell me when I'm going to cook dinner, when I'm going to sit down, mm-hmm. <laughs> when I need to go. Call and make sure I do those things. Yeah. And you know what? Pastors probably used to have those at one time when being the clergy was the highest honor. Yes. Along with the chickens for pay. Yeah. You know. Cause but but that, those days are over. Over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And somehow pastors need to do all sorts of things. And, and that's, I mean, I'm not complaining. It's just hard for me. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and sometimes when people like you are, you're, you're a pastor yeah. of, of a, a church that I suspect requires a lot from you. You own yeah. a business yeah. that requires a lot from you. Yeah. And then you're trying to work in the community and, and, and be, you know, a help to the larger community, which, you know. Right. That, you don't get paid for that one. No. So, I don't get paid for a lot of things. Yeah, well, you don't get paid for a lot of things. That's true. But, um, yeah, you know, I know. It's it's crazy, man. Yeah, I still can't right. believe I missed that appointment. Yeah. That's okay. A hundred years from now, people won't even know you missed the appointment. Probably a day or two from now, nobody will know. It's not easy to know. But not a hundred years from now. No. Yeah. Oh, man. It stinks. Anyway, um... So, do you actually have some, you had some agenda, some things you want to no, talk you about? Know, no, 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 no. I, I talked to a friend who suggested some topics, but I actually, I, I mean, we're in a cultural moment in Arizona. We are with education. We are. So why don't we why don't we go for that? Why don't we go for that? Yeah, being that I've been in. talking about it all weekend, I yeah. Think I, okay. No, we, we've got a lot of people in our church affected by this. So, if you're listening from Japan, um, you don't know what red for ed is. Um, you may not even know what Ed is. We have a guy at our church named Ed. This is not about Ed. <laughs> it's not about Ed. Well, it is because he works for the school works district. School district. <laughs> so it is about Ed. <laughs> so it is about Ed. It's red for Ed. But um, yeah, red stands for the color red. Yes. Ed stands for education. education. And you wear a red shirt. And, and uh, there's a and kind you, of a strike going on. There's a strike going it's, on. It's a strike, but since we're not unionized. At least down here, we're association. So, can, is it not a strike when you're not in a union? Is that is, well, it, is that a prerequisite? To- I no, I don't think that. But I think like there's a definite like when you got a union rep and a union organized mm-hmm. a strike, and then you cross the lines a little bit. Mm. It's different, and often your the district and the union are at odds at levels where they're not accommodating to the people striking, which mm-hmm. apparently they're at some level accommodating, right. To the strikers, yeah, it seems like even some of the districts are like, supportive. Like, yeah, like kind of like okay, like yeah, we should we should pay our teachers more. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's the that's what I, I gather. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So our teachers. Does it, I mean, isn't it weird? I mean, we. It's. I think we've officially deemed the recession the Great Recession. You know. Right. 
It's still weird to me because I hear about the Great Depression and I'm like, that was a crazy time. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, some days people are going to talk about the Great Recession. Maybe. Maybe. On that level. Mm-hmm. And I, we lived through that. It didn't feel that crazy. It was, it was bad. It was bad. But, I don't know. Anyway. It didn't feel like what I imagined the Great Depression felt yeah, like. Yeah, well, it was a little, diff- little yeah, different. Yeah, it was different. Yes. Anyway, during the recession. Things are contextual. They are. <laughs> um, during the recession, uh, cuts were made so, and nothing's yeah. been restored. Right. Though. Bits and pieces here and there. Yeah, here and there. So, uh, you know, but this brings up, you know, we, I was talking to a neighbor and he was like, you know, his wife's teacher at high school and he's like, you know, where this all happened was with the voucher systems and the, um, and he was talking about, you know, in our state there's tax credits to send your kids to private school, stuff like that. And I thought immediately, I was like, oh man, this, this gets super sticky in the Christian world right because now we've got we've got the christian schools and we've got the homeschoolers and we've got and i don't think any of those people would say you're not you can't homeschool they but they would argue that you know funding and stuff that goes to the charter schools and the private schools is significantly harming but let's be honest a lot of the charter schools are they're protesting too Uh right because they're getting a certain amount of money per student just from the state. They're public schools. They just have right. particular kinds of charters, maybe mm-hmm. looser uh, qualifications for their teachers. They right. pay their teachers a little less than they're paying. I mean, many do, mm-hmm. not all of them. Right. I guess, like, and you could, I could hear somebody saying, like, what? It's just competition. There are these new schools that are doing better things. The public schools gotta gotta figure it out. Gotta figure it out. Well, I mean, so from what I understand, and I, I would have to admit that I, I think I, I can speak philosophically pretty well about this. And one of the big discussion we've had in elder meetings is how do we as pastors actually respond, not just to Red for Ed, but how do we respond? to a diverse community that uh, is wrestling with issues and often comes to different conclusions. Mm -hmm. And our say in those things have a lot of sway and power. And so we have to be careful. Um, One of the things that I, when I look at protests like this, uh, the question I ask is, what are the powers underneath doing and saying? And one of the things I thought was very interesting was you know there's big thing about how the the Republican Party was putting out talking points for this to, to, against Red for Ed, and it's very fascinating because all many of the Red for Ed people are carrying the the right or the left wing or the Democratic talking point papers. Hmm. So there there's uh, there are there are forces underneath that have sets of statistics and and reasonings for everything. Right. The, the, the reality is, regardless of how you feel about all of this. Education is poorly funded in Arizona, and yeah, in particular, I mean, we're talking about teacher pay, but when I sit and talk to some of the teachers in my church, what they're saying is they actually don't care that much about pay. They would like to have, you know, a general, you know, raise, but what they care about is that the money that goes to putting on roofs 
and to doing yeah. the maintenance and taking yeah. care of the schools has, is at zero. Things are in extremely yes. bad condition. They're, they're not. And so the money that would normally go to repairing things right. and creating an environment for education, well, that's not there. Two so, of the two posts that I saw leading up to this that were interesting made me think was one was from a friend who showed one of the restrooms, the teacher's restroom. Yes, at Rincon High School? Yeah. yeah we're both on the same person, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but that was, you know, I mean, hey, it was pretty bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. So, and I thought, wow, you know, like, that's yes. that's rough. And then and there was another post that showed something like a, one of the local cafeterias and then one of the local prison cafeterias. Right. And there was a marked difference. And, and we've done prison ministry, and I thought, it's always clean. It's always maintained, which is good. That's, yeah, I'm no, good with that. that. That's not. I'm not arguing against that. You just might want that for your students. <laughs> Wouldn't you want that for your kids and your teachers, right? Yes. And like at least that. Yeah. And it and it's like, wait. So why isn't that happening? So I don't understand all the ins and outs. I, I don't. Um, but but I mean, I guess where I'm at is I'm just like I agree that that's a problem that should be solved. And so, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, (laughs) I guess it's hard for me because we're at a place where how do we, how do I as a follower of Jesus and then how as I as a leader of people in the community of followers of Jesus speak and act within the the world and the government itself and we're posed we have a, a difficult problem in that and that we are a republic mm-hmm. with some aspects of a democracy right, right. because in, in Arizona we're more democratic and that we can put things on the ballot and we can right. change we can we can push against the legislature uh, right. in ways as a larger community so you know I, I when I approach this whole protest my thing is I, I don't want to actually put my view out there as much as I want to put the gospel out there Mm -hmm. and ask the people who are saying, hey, this is not a good idea, I don't believe in this protest, to really try to apply the gospel to what they're thinking. Yeah. And the people who are protesting, so what, to apply the gospel. So my question becomes, and this is a harder one, is what is, how does the gospel apply to these things? And I think it first begins with compassion. Yeah. Like, compassion always on both sides has yeah. to be displayed like compassion for the stories of the people right yeah, and, and I don't I don't really that's what I I think I need to encourage yeah and yeah I mean I mean my my immediate thought is like so then the hard part is you're going to have stories on two different sides yes of the, if you go look at those talking points or whatever mm-hmm. right and then there will be people on both sides of that with stories. And so you got to have mutual listening. It, it, it feels like, I mean, I think a gospel principle that is, is really important, I see it, to me it's like the key element when you're doing marriage work and stuff like that, is that you know, the call of the gospel is to look at a God who lays down his rights and comforts to serve and then the sign that you have been served by such a God is that you lay your life down in response back right. um, and and love begets love and it's a beautiful thing right 
and then you know that that plays out in homes and communities where you say, okay, like God has done this for me, um, so I can, despite the fact that this pulls against everything in, within me and all my tendencies, I can I can listen to what you need and what would be good and helpful to you, and and seek to serve your good. Right. And what what we see in society and what frankly is just very natural to us is the opposite. I, I need to fight for me. Right. And I, you know, I'm, I'm not deep enough in like the discussions and the behind closed doors stuff to know how all that is working. Right. Um, and then I could see somebody saying like, yeah, but in a, in a community that's being ignored and downtrodden, you can't just continue to serve, serve, serve. And so if that's the teachers, you know, I, there isn't, I, I know some, but I don't know enough of the inner workings here to know what the journey's been. Well, I mean, if, if, if you kind of try to hold on to sort of the Jeremiah principle, which is we are at some level as followers of Jesus, uh, part of a kingdom, well, we are, we're part of a kingdom that has yet to come, but right. is being announced. Yeah. And we're called in some ways to follow sort of the Jeremiah model of which is we're in the city. Yeah. We need to make the city our city. We need to Seeking settle the down. Yeah. But sticking the good of the city is realizing that its teachers are struggling yeah. and our job is to support them. Yeah. Now, that may not be marching with them. That may, or it may be. Yeah, right. It may be teaching with them alongside and marching. It might be teaching and going and taking care of the students so they can march. Like, it, it may be a lot of different other things. It might, you know, it might be speaking and saying, look, like, just because you're all getting together and protesting, like, being violent. Or as, as I was spending time with some people in my church who got caught up in a some part of the protest where they were pushing the crossing walk button over and over again and they'd back traffic way up and so things were getting really heated and so you know speaking against creating violent or things you know that aren't helpful for the city right and then those are things to do um but not to withdraw ourselves is wrong right to be in the conversation and to make decisions together and, you know, by conscience and what we think God's calling us to are important. Yeah. I think the hard part is when that takes us different different directions. Right, and it some, could. Yeah, and it could. But how do we celebrate that and honor it? You know, and, and, and like with the Red <laughs> right. for Ed, it's a little, you know, the morality is, a, you know, a little different in the sense of what's a moral choice. Right. Um, versus some other things that we could find ourselves caught up in. So what would you do? Let's let's hop into like the discussion that's gone on within churches about schools before all of this. Yeah. Like so say that there's there's our, our listener who's saying Yeah, but the the public schools abandoned God a long time ago. So what Well I always have a quick answer for that. And and I've become a little less um, opinionated about this and probably shouldn't be opinionated at all but I am <laughs> um, and, and that is that the public schools didn't abandon God the Christians abandoned the public school mm-hmm. and so a place where it is a mission field where teachers who follow Jesus could walk in and create very safe environments by simply right. bringing the Holy Spirit in they've taken the Holy Spirit out right. um, and, and I you know, over the last 20 years, I mean, I one person who I love and is a close friend 
goes to our church and public school teacher. I mean, she can attest to that as over right. the last 25 years as she's watched Christians leave yeah. to teach at private schools and to teach at Christian schools or to stop teaching at all or to start homeschooling. And you see that, that there isn't like a strong Christian student base anymore. Right. Um, and, and it's not about fighting for certain rights within school, making sure that God is honored. It's bringing the Holy Spirit there and, and modeling what love looks like in a, in a place where love isn't. And, and I, I think we, I mean, where is there in the United States a ready-made mission field for you over, you know? It's, it's ridiculous. Now, do I think that sometimes there are students and children that we have that just aren't going to survive public school and they need to go different places? And do you need to I've known a few go homeschool yeah. your kids? Yes. I mean, I do think you have to decide those things, but I think you can't turn your back on the main place where minds are being shaped. Right. We have to, we have to get in there. If you don't engage with, with that, I mean, it's, yeah, it's like, then don't and, and be I'll, surprised when the... Yeah. When the future generations of the country just continue to slide, right? You right. you have no voice. You're not in the same area. And I have to be very clear that I'm, I'm usually obviously I'm making this a public announcement that I'm not hey, speaking for my church. Yeah, my church does not endorse that. This is just me and yeah. what feels. That should just be said about faith over breakfast in general. Right? Yeah, like, this is not. This is you and me talking about yeah. our thoughts on things. This isn't mission church and. Yeah. The village. And, you know, and obviously... And Brian's like, thanks for saying that, guys. I hear a train. He's, yeah. He's I feel like he's happy. chiming in from across the country saying, good call. Yeah, oh, and it's hard because you you are deeply involved in your community. And so, therefore, like, what comes out on a podcast is a, comes as influenced by your community and me, too. And so right. I'll have to be careful with all that. But I do feel like we've abandoned that. Yeah. And as I listen to my two children who are in public school and they talk about just the loneliness and the, the ache in the children and the blindness mm-hmm. that that's so present and the, and it's so hard for them to find anyone who believes in Jesus yeah it's terrifying yeah like you're like well, you're the only light yeah in, in the school that my daughter was going to there were four people who would say we follow Jesus yeah. out of 250 people it's a yeah. small school but still four who would say I do that and would be willing to, to just get together or to talk about Jesus or to talk about a different way at all yeah, and an important piece of my uh, high school journey so I went to a private middle school and just for me I hated it um, I I, it was a private Christian school. I had a miserable experience. Um, they, A, they, I mean, I got to be careful. But my general experience there, I, I did have some, I had some really sweet teachers, really good, you know, friends. But my general experience was that they did not know how to apply the gospel. Um, there were a lot of what felt like silly rules in order to look good, whether our hearts were good or not. Correct. Um, kind of living under the law. And so is, like, how is that different, you know, than anything else? Um, and then, um, I mean, I don't, I don't recall, I recall a lot of really what seemed like surface level and pretty pathetic morality teachings. Mm-hmm. Um, and not getting a deep comprehension of the gospel, nor experiencing what felt like the gospel. Um, I mean, I remember one time a teacher looking at me and saying, you used to be such a good kid. What happened to you? 
I'm like, I look back on that now, I'm like, your theology stinks. Like, I was never a good kid, A. Right. <laughs> and, and B, like, I'm struggling with sin. Like, is, are you surprised? Like, are you, that's a shock to you? Like, that I would need to, like, see sin in my life and, like, and then experience pain and grace and all that intermingled but just the fact that somebody was like how could you not be good you know just naturally like oh my goodness what are you anyway so I had a so I was it didn't I wasn't processing all that back then that's looking back but it just felt gross didn't like it then I went to high school where not not a Christian school but I had I had a couple really good teachers who turned out I've because my mom worked at the same school I learned were believers. And one of them taught critical thinking. She was big on critical thinking. And she was always sowing that seed, ask hard questions. Like, don't just take things just because you're told. Um, and she, and I, I remember some of her lessons. And then later finding out she was a believer, I went, huh, interesting. Right. She, she didn't come in and go Christianity, but she was like, think dig look hard you know and right then, because she believed the truth yeah and that if god you, the universe and will be you, found if you seek the truth yeah yeah he she, will find you she did and um and and then i had yeah there was another teacher who just facilitated a, you could come and have prayer in his classroom he didn't lead it because he couldn't do that but he and you figured out he oh he cares he's he, he wants this he's a believer um, and they really shaped that experience. And actually, I had this, I had a, a very, like, I, I mean, I kind of returned to Jesus in high school and the, through the influence of some of the, and then I even had a teacher who allowed me and pushed me on my Christian faith the way that I would, like, in an English class where I would write and she would say, like, okay, like, that doesn't make sense. But you're, the fact that you're a Christian isn't the problem. It just doesn't make sense. So you need to go and re-examine that. And I would go and re-examine something that had to do with my faith in a paper. And when I, and she would go, no, that's compelling. Good job. You know? So anyway, I, that's just my experiential right. piece is that the, in the public school, faith was able to be fostered by believers and even just and transformative thinking people. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I said this on the podcast before, but one of the exercises that I ran my daughter through recently and my son but my daughter had more to say about it was okay so you you've almost finished high school you went to a, a pretty you know left-wing school um and if you if you could go back as a freshman and i said look i will i will pay you a salary yeah and your job is just to plant a church out of all of these kids so like and she looked at me and said well we're gonna have to bring 40 people to do that yeah and i said why and she said well because we have to model it because they've mm. never seen it yeah. I can't just tell them because it yeah. makes no sense. Yeah. Um, and I thought, oh. like, well, hmm. that's because there's nobody in the schools modeling because Christians are modeling it somewhere else, not in the public school. And, you know, that I understand that we're called to protect our children. Yeah. And, and my daughter has had to face a lot of things that maybe some parents would think that I shouldn't have, you know, exposed her to. And at times I felt like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have allowed her to be exposed to this. But... I also know the impact that she's had in her, you know, in her friends' lives, and I, I wouldn't trade that for anything. 
Yeah, and the question is, what is what is protecting? Like, is protecting equipping a kid to, like, have friends that have different views and who struggle, and or is it not no exposure? Like, right, or you know, or being or very, a mom, very little, or yeah. being exposed to like the the extreme sexuality that has infiltrated yeah. our no, schools. It, I think that's more scary than no, being the mock for parents is just yeah. the high exposure of sort of the new sexuality that's kind of infiltrated over the last 15 years, 10 years of our... No doubt. Yeah, and um, and I mean, for, I look back on my high school experience and I go, wow, I, that was their... Yeah, it was. You know, yeah. dr- drugs, sexuality, like mm-hmm. every... If I'd... And sometimes I wonder why I didn't do some of that stuff. Right. You know, I had a lot of friends who did. I didn't get into high school and hang out with the right kids at all, actually. Not even close. Oddly, I, I never used drugs and didn't sleep with anyone during, like, any of that time. And I look back on it and I'm just like, I, I can't tell you why. Um, I wanted to. I, like, it interested me. My friends were doing it. Um... And I remember one of my good friends, like, later in life, he just said, he's like, he even said, he's like, I don't know how you didn't get into all that stuff. He's like, but I kind of just figure, like, God was protecting you from it for some reason. And he wasn't the type that would say that kind of thing. It was almost like he just went like, yeah, for some reason, that wasn't, God didn't want that as part of your story. And he would have, and he would have been the type to say, like, actually, I think some God would have some people like fall on their face all throughout school, and sure, he was just like, for whatever reason, it wasn't you? Um, and that's sort of what I look back on it and figure, like, yeah, like I went to all the wrong places, did all the wrong. And you, you know what I do know though is my mom will tell me she prayed, yes, a lot, yeah. I mean, so I it's like. You know, don't think that sending your kid to private school or homeschooling them and not deeply praying as if they don't need protected there. I mean, uh, if you're a parent in their life, they need protected from you and your yes, sin. Yes, they do. They do. <laughs> um, and they need protected from, you know, everything. I mean, it. so it's like maybe the, maybe the prayer and the trusting of God is the most important thing. Because you, yeah. you got to figure, like... I don't know. Back when there were no schools and you just grew up in the village, there were bad people in the village. There were, were... bad people, man. Anyway. I don't know. Yeah, I don't There's not all the solutions to all this, but I do think if the... I, I like that churches have come and like decide to adopt schools. Yeah. But I'm kind of like, okay, if you're going to adopt a school, then why don't the whole church decide to send their kids send their to that kids school? school. Right, if you're going to adopt a school, but then very really, few people actually really adopt the school, and maybe some of you Bring go teach there, yeah, get a job in get the cafeteria, a, yeah, do whatever, make it, make it your place, your community. You know, I mean, like if that's the mission, right? You know, yeah, it's a good point. Um, I was gonna, for whatever reason, I was gonna say I feel like a similar thing once happened with the inner city, with what you're describing with yeah. school. I actually had there was a couple I lived with. Uh, in Chicago, and they would say what you're saying about public schools that, yeah, you pull all the, you know, and they had really bad schools. Right. But they said, like, all the people with, with money, influence, and, you know, I wouldn't say, like, in Chicago, a lot of, a lot of people go to church, you mm-hmm. know, but 
maturity and stuff like like these people left and here's what they left us with you know right and so then and then they're now they're blaming the south side of chicago for all these oh the the city you know crime and all that well you left can you went somewhere to protect yourself and to be safe and to be happy and a that didn't help your faith either because right. the, the suburbs are all leaving right the faith in droves right oh and then we as as you know white americans mm-hmm. flood back into the city to help the inner city yeah and and only make more mess because then we just push out people or we be, we think we're the white gods who can come right. save people and by it, help we mean take our resources this is what this is what you're missing yes and, and just cause more damage or we go in and up the rent and and buy everything and make it pretty again yes. and displace a bunch of people and, yeah yeah it's it's a mess and we're not going to fix it no it's not a solution i mean the solution is that you love your neighbor. And the big question becomes, who's your neighbor? Who's your immediate neighbor? Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, I don't know if you ever watched Jordan Peterson at all, or you know who he is. I've mentioned him. But he talks a lot about don't go try to change the world if you can't clean your room. Uh And I think a lot of times I sort of operate on the principle of I can't really care for my neighbor or care about my neighbor at all, then why am I trying to care about my larger neighbor? I probably should go really work on caring for my neighbor that I see every day and know at some level and need to be in their life in a way that's going to be transformative or helpful. Or, or It's like uh, there was somebody I once knew who was running for office and but had no time for his family. Right. Like, didn't make any sense. I mean, I guess if I ran for office right now, you could make that argument against me, right? Yeah, because you'd have I'm, four jobs. And I'm missing meetings today. You're missing meetings. <sighs> so we need to work on that. Yeah. If you're going to run for office. If I'm going to... I'm just going to go ahead and announce... <laughs> right now. I'm not oh, no, 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 running no. for what office. What office? The question is, which office are you running for? Governor. <laughs> we need a new governor. Uh, <laughs> so I hear. Man, I just... You know what? It's just... It just Andy Littleton. It's just governor. unfortunate when people are unhappy with you and your last name is... <laughs> there is a problem with that. That's just oh, it's just fuel for the fire. It is. Anyway, my but what do you do? What do you do? Um. So uh, I'm not running for office. Okay, yeah. that's good. But you should, because you're taking care of your immediate neighbor. You know, to be honest, like about six months ago, I actually had the thought that I might someday run for like representative state uh-huh. representative and uh, the thought lasted for about a week and I thought a lot about it like what would it take to actually run for office how do you do it you, you know? gotta come up with good slogans like seeping into the capital yeah seeping <laughs> into the capital would be a good one yeah yeah that's a good one I'm already see I'm, if I do ever run you're gonna be my propaganda is that right uh, Everybody will Secretary go, this guy is the cheesiest ads. Uh, hey, would whatever. They'll remember me when they they'll go. They'll remember you. Yeah. They'll be like, he's just seeping into my mind. I just can't, can't, I can't get rid it. of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole seeping, seepage, that, yeah, it's not It's not very, uh, yeah, I've heard little, it all. I'm, well, right. And, Back, I'm, and, I, and the Littletons, I, for whatever reason, when I grew up, 
and I always felt like these were not very intelligent. People would be like, you're little, but you weigh a ton. Ha ha. Ha ha. And, and oddly, my daughter hears that. And I'm just like, really? Like, this is still, this is, this well, is, all, hey. this is what you got? Yeah. Man. Yeah. Whatever. No, you never beat us in my head. That's totally a beat us in my head. Littleton. Raise a ton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cornholio. Yeah. <laughs> What's the last time you watched a clip of Beavis and Butthead? No, oh, it's got to be a year or two. A year or two? It's yeah. been like 10 years for me. I, there was Just there, a year or two? Yeah. There was some, I remember there was some reason we, I wanted to go see one time. So oh, that's great. Well, I'm I, just having this conversation. I want to go see one. <laughs> the thing is, I, I would go to my friends and watch that, and you know, you're getting it like 10 minutes, and you're like, why am I watching like, what's this? What's wrong with this me? It's so dumb. <laughs> But I'm going to sit here and watch it till it's over. Yeah, I want more. <laughs> yeah, that show is oddly genius. I'm it sure was. somebody made a lot of money on oh, it. And sure continues to. Yeah, because you, you can still sell shirts. And... Is Spencer's Gifts still around? Yes, I think so. How much do you want to bet if you went into a Spencer's Gifts in, in the mall that there'd be something Beavis and Butthead in there? Yeah. There's at least Spencer. I don't think there's any more Spencers, but there's Spencer-like stores. I should yeah. Google that. Yeah, malls are malls are falling apart. Foothills Mall. Did you? You grew up in Tucson. Were you a Northwest kid ever? No. Okay. Elkhorn Mall. You were Elkhorn. Okay. So growing, growing up on Northwest Tucson, like in my era, my age, the Foothills Mall was like toast it was done it was terrible yeah. and then it made this comeback and it was like it's got all kinds of stores it's hopping and now it's looking ghost like, town ghost townish but what I've noticed is all around it yeah it, it's got all the the hopping restaurants and a little bit but the mall itself is just got a movie theater basically right which yeah. I see them doing what they did to the Elkhorn Mall which is kind of like knocking down major portions of the mall and just making it like a, a center full of yeah. stores and walkways. Which is basically what we've... Which is a mall. What most... The new kind of shopping thing you go and there's Bed Bath & Beyond and yeah. um, just the major kinds of places that you would yeah. go shopping at. The Office Maxes and the... Yeah. Or they should just make goods. it a drone landing pad for Amazon. Where you could just Have show you up. Have ever and a seen drone. a drone delivery in real life? No, but I've heard they? of them. Yeah, I've heard about them. Yes, me too. I have not done it. So speaking of drones, tell side thing. Uh, a drone shows up in the front yard of my house. Uh-huh. A nice drone, one that costs like two hundred some odd bucks. Yeah, just shows up there, and so my wife. Nobody gets it, so my wife picks it up and brings it in the house. But she doesn't bother to unplug it. So I walk in and I look at it and I'm like, this thing has a camera on it. It's on. And it's on. It's (laughs) filming us now. So I unplugged it, but nobody ever came to pick up their drone. So I went outside and put the drone in the front yard. Yeah. Where anybody driving by could see, oh, there's a drone. Now you think somebody might just steal it because they're... No, it's out there for two weeks. No way. So finally I brought it in the house. What am I supposed to do with this? I don't have the remote to it. The person yeah. who lost their drone doesn't know where it landed. And I... It's Vladimir Putin. Yeah. I tried to log into it with my phone yeah. to see if I could figure that out. Could we do that? Hack in. Couldn't hack it. So. Do, you have a, do you have a 
qualified hacker in the church? No, not really. I mean, I, I suppose I do, but they would spend the time doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy hacking other things. <laughs> yeah, right? I hate that. Interesting. Yeah, but yeah, just a side note drone. about drones. I mean, you get a drone in your front yard. Drone in the yard, man. That's crazy. Yeah, I, uh, no. Well, we just, we just ordered something on Amazon. I wonder. I mean, do you ever, like, there's those ones where it's like, it will be to you in, like, three hours. And I've never been present when it got dropped off. I know they have drivers, but who knows? Maybe a little droney drone dropped it. Well, it will eventually get to, uh, you in three hours, because aren't we getting an Amazon, um, place here? Yeah, so. You know what would be... What would be genius would be if on Christmas they had drones that could go down chimneys. Ooh. Chimney diving drones. Chimney diving drones to where, like, the, the <laughs> gifts actually showed up in, in fireplaces. Oh, that would be just a disaster. <laughs> so many fires. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's not going to happen, but... But yeah. I really like that idea. I like that idea. This is why a new, like, Santa Claus movie should be that, like... It's like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids mixed with the Santa Claus. Yeah. Where Santa Claus just gets super small, it and there's, like, drones. a drone sleigh that mm-hmm. flies down the chimney, and then he explodes himself bigger with a gun of some kind, delivers the gifts, eats the cookie, drones back out the chimney. There you go. Your movie. You make it. I need it. something to do. Yeah, you do because you don't have enough. I don't have, an, I don't have running for office, on. running your business, running church, writing a book, and yeah, writing a book. Yeah, when do you leave for that? My book is about how to always make it to meetings, <laughs> and how not how to your, let anybody down. How your dad always made it to meetings. My dad just didn't have any exactly. meetings. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> chapter swear, one. My, my dad, don't have any meetings. My dad had no meetings, like yeah. ever. There was never a time I ever remember my dad being like, "I need to go to a meeting right now." Like yeah. no nothing. Hey, so how did you grow up saying, I want to have a job where I meet people all the time? I didn't say that, and I still don't say that. You're like, you want to be the pastor? I want to be the pastor where I just sit in one place and people come see me. That's exactly what I want. I want, if if you were to get down to what I want, I want to be around and Uh talking to people, but I don't want to have to go to any meetings. I do have to go to meetings now, and I don't like it. I like meetings that are... I do enjoy meetings, but I enjoy the meetings that really are just us sitting around talking. Well, right. <laughs> well, there's and not the a fact that it was a meeting agenda. isn't what makes it good, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I enjoy. I end up enjoying the meetings right. a lot. Yeah, or you wouldn't keep doing it. No, but making the meeting, yeah, having to show uh, up for the meeting, sending a time and scheduling you know, the meeting, uh, realizing that when you're starting to schedule the meeting, there are three other meetings that you've got to juggle to get that other meeting in. Right, and then when you don't keep a meeting, you've failed a major social expectation. Oh, what I just did. So hard. It is so hard. Oh. It's a hard life. <laughs> I feel like this has turned into to whining. It would be much easier the to survive cast. in the distant past as cavemen than to do what we do. These meetings. These meetings. Making yeah. fire. Yeah, that would be easier. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not. Well, that's probably where we should wrap it up. I really feel like we should wrap this one right now. Uh, that was so. good, though. I enjoyed this conversation. Me too. All right. Well, 